0: We are building a religion. We are building it bigger.
1: We are widening the corridors and adding more lanes. We are building a religion, a limited edition. We are now accepting callers for
0: these pendant keychains. To resist it is useless. It is useless to resist it. His cigarette is burning, but he never seems to ash. He is grooming his poodle. He is living comfort eagle. Meet at his location, but you'd better come with cash. Now his hat is on backwards. He can show you his tattoos. He is in the music business. He is calling you do today's to- Hello and welcome to another edition of Cush Vlog with your host, the original bad boy of podcasting. Folks, it's Matt Grisman. Hey. Oh crap,
1: are we gonna get in trouble?
0: Uh, oh, hmm, perhaps. Oh, I don't know. I forgot we'll about that, that until you did it. Oh, shit. Well, you've got to stop doing that, Dan. Yeah. All right. Shit.
1: Well, whatever. Oh, we'll cut that out before we after we do this. That didn't happen. <laughs> 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 Apparently, Twitch has uh, been descended upon by Rhea, which, to me, that's that's your uh, missing the forest for the trees, if ever I've heard it. Like, where, where what are you doing? Where, where does the... Th- the even theoretical point where you're going to squeeze some more money out of this by doing that like oh darn it i can't listen to somebody on uh what playing zelda listening to uh to the the chain smokers now i don't have to buy that i could just watch that and it replaces that experience for me it's ridiculous but folks what are you going to do you can't fight city hall or more accurately, you can't fight uh, Mickey Mouse, who is the avatar for the copyright regime that stands bloodily over our destroyed cultural corpse.
0: Uh, did you tweet about this, Matt?
1: I didn't yet. Thank you so for reminding me. You should put it up. I will right now. I often so forget. Welcome
0: to the early. When I do it, room.
1: when I do it myself, it has a a thing that uh prompts me to show it so i often do it that way so i've forgotten <laughs> i'm having a bit of okay there we go i shouldn't put it in that pocket so congratulations to uh, uh andre kunanen o'brien for uh joining the supreme court uh with the other worthies with the other wise men and women who will decide this nation's future i think it's gonna be you know what i think it's all gonna turn out great uh let me just write this out. RGB plus ACB equals. That's right, folks. What the fuck? What's going to happen now? Uh, there's a lot of ways that people are hashtag coping with the reality of this new unbreachable 6 3 dem republican essentially supermajority on the supreme court uh there's basically no way that they'll ever that the right will ever lose a case again because uh every every avenue of uh of swing voter has been cut off like roberts is certainly a wild card when it comes to things that he thinks are crucial to maintaining the bullshit um sense of like institutional legitimacy that he thinks the court needs to maintain uh and kavanaugh's kind of a wild card on uh like criminal justice stuff uh you don't have to worry about anybody throwing off any kind of curveballs because you'll always have at least five to do the dirty so that's cool uh and of course everyone is very angry about the democrats just letting it happen and of course the wise, smart people will tell you that there was nothing they really could have done. And I think that is technically true. There is no – because the Senate's rules can be changed by a vote of 51 at any time. And there is zero, zero chance that Mitch McConnell would have hesitated to do, it, do that, which means that all they really could have done is maybe delayed it until after the election and then hope maybe that changes the calculus – Maybe because it is pretty close, hypothetically, but honestly, I don't even know if they could have done that. Uh, But the one thing we know is that they wouldn't find out. Uh, They didn't try to do it. And that's the real question that people are asking. Why didn't they even try? Like, Even if they knew it would fail, why wouldn't you try to show the seriousness of it? Because the Supreme Court has been the thing that Democrats have pointed to as a reason to get people to... Vote for uh, Democrats, and the presidential level. For my entire adult life, every every answer to the reality of the Democrats, you know, total neoliberal character and, and constant drift drifting to the right on all major economic issues, is met with yes, but the Supreme Court. And now, it happened the, the red line got breached. RBG died, uh, girl bossing, and they replaced her with a younger uh more fecund and uh, uh psychotically catholic one the rgb so congratulations all around uh but the question has to be if this is the right li- big red line and they crossed it without an effort being put up without them even trying then How could it have been that big of a deal and how can you expect the Democrats to put up a bigger fight to anything in the future is what the real baffling thing is. And I think the answer to why they wouldn't even put up a fight is they don't want to show how fundamentally powerless they are because they need to maintain this fiction for a majority of their voters that they are crucial that they exist as a crucial stop gap for the worst uh, rapine of America's reactionary uh, government and 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 base. But uh, also they have to fail at every specific juncture that they would count as a red line important one uh, without any kind of effort. like they they can't uh, how are they, they don't know how to reconcile that fact. And so what they do instead is not establish what it would be to fight at all. Leave every fight to the next fight so that you never have to show your cards, basically. You never have to actually say, oh, like this is how much power we actually have. Because you either see how much they've been holding back or you see that they can't actually stop anything. And if they can't stop anything, you don't need them. And That's the real nightmare scenario. If the extent of their full incapacity is ever expressed publicly, they lose all reason for being. So they essentially have to, at every point, back off from a final confrontation and convince their voters that it isn't really the final confrontation, that there's something else. Well, hey, what what was the point? Jeez, this is a bummer. Get, vote, vote go vote even though biden has said i he has no plans to do anything significant to change the court's composition which guarantees that any major legislation that did come out of the biden administration would end up being shot down including any attempt to remedy like the wild amount of voter suppression uh and uh and misallocation of representation in this government where you have these this fucking permanent minority that is able to exercise veto power over all social and economic uh issues uh we're gonna vote 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 you know even though we now have said that this is going to be the way things are that nothing we do will ever actually go through you still have to vote because that's the next thing that's the next fight and then at every point every fight is on the terms of the Democrats, meaning they determine how much effort to put in in terms of engaging Republican reaction uh, so that they can always exist in this quantum state of, of being the only thing stopping you from the horror happening and the horror also occurring right in front of you, how they just phase shift away from the point of crisis because this is supposed to be it. How many people on the liberal left said, if they even try to fill that seat before the election, we will burn this motherfucker down? I mean, it wasn't just Reza Aslan. It was a bunch of people. And at that moment, when it happened, they probably would have agreed with that. But then, after those hearings, after Feinstein, after the Democrats doing nothing except say some shit about keeping arrows in their quiver... It's just like cutting your veins in a warm bath. It's like, well, it couldn't, it can't. This, I guess, isn't the thing to burn things down about. I mean, obviously, it all springs from the fact that they're not serious about doing anything ever. So Democrats never have to worry about a response. They never have to worry that they're going to get kicked out or punished for failing to do the thing because not doing the thing just it keeps these uh, liberals in the state they want to be, which is always. Activated about politics and aggravated and worried about it but at a bone deep level not willing to do anything except virtue signal publicly and vote uh it, it, because anything to, to do otherwise would be to engage in a politics that could undermine their social position which they do not want to have happen so they have this relationship with the democratic party where they're kept in this frothing state of of, of crisis and the Democrats have to be reinforced over and over again to the public as the only thing standing between us and oblivion, and then allow the thing that we fill our minds with as the worst case to occur and then do nothing, thereby meaning it's not the worst thing, meaning there's a new fight the next day that we're going to keep having and we're going to keep withdrawing. It's, uh, it's an amazing mechanism, and I have to say, you know, if you ask me what I think is going to happen, realistically— nothing i think there will be no court packing there will be no court uh impeachments there's not going to be anything they're not going to even do term limits they're going to do what joe biden has promised to do which is to form a commission and that commission can exist as a idea an option that could hypothetically change things uh, that we have like studied and found to be worthwhile but the making of it is the action not the implementing of it implementing it is uh is another moment where the the what's possible kicks in because forming a commission is never going to really get any kind of real uh uh veto from the the republicans they love a good commission i mean they don't do them when they're in power you ever notice that they don't do bipartisan commissions. They just do things. Only Democrats do commissions because it gives the illusion of action without the actual action, which means it doesn't engage uh, conflict with the Republicans that would require them to actually pursue like political uh, change that can you know, allow them to fucking compete for power realistically as opposed to play the Washington generals for the next 100 years, which is what they're on path to do. uh so yeah it's uh it's a real bummer but you know i think the good news is just this mechanism is so deeply broken i think that uh that these questions are going to become obsolete as i've said in one or two ways like either the political has been totally foreclosed in which case you can at least kind of relax you know you can stop worrying about politics because politics aren't real anymore Uh, in any sense it's 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 just been foreclosed as an option Uh, or the terrain changes so fast and so dramatically that shit like the composition of the supreme court uh, is no longer an impediment to anything because the social uh, investment of authority in those institutions has been compromised so thoroughly that they can't be enforced anymore that's going to be it and not saying that will happen or even likely to happen but it's uh, not off the table uh, and that 's what i I hold in my heart when I think about how, just from like the chessboard perspective, the American political system is so it it really does feel like it 's a fucking seven forty seven where the pilots have been killed and somebody has just chained the uh tiller to one side that's just dive bombing into the ground They're just it seems like the, the 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 uh the existence of the Constitution. Overlaid on uh like a late capital crisis of uh of uh profit uh and a fully polarized ideologically sorted uh two party political system has essentially means it's like pouring uh sugar into concrete it 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 des- it destroys it it destroys any chance of that political uh uh mechanism working even At the level of just ameliorating the most dire crisis in a culture you know which is subsidiary of course class rule is about maintaining profits and all that but what maintains profits is as a viable social base for generating uh surplus and at that at that basic job that bourgeois democracy is supposed to do better than anything that came before it and has a good track record in some cases uh, is essentially zero there's no capacity there's no state capacity at all because the political structure is so deeply broken which means that whatever is going to kickstart this process is going to come from without of it and is going to uh, attack it uh, uh orthogonally but once again i don't know i don't know i mean last time this happened in the 30s it was it was a it was a labor movement it was workers Striking and uh, rioting and sitting down in their workplace. Uh, I don't know if the conditions obtained for something like that to happen again, but there are certainly enough people working in enough dire circumstances, close enough to crucial nodes of production and distribution in this country, that if they were organized, they could fucking bring this goddamn thing to a goddamn halt. It is possible. It's just we're very far from it. But the, I don't know. The, the, the way that this political system has been just denuded of all authority beyond just the naked words of it, the way that no one really believes that any power is legitimate anymore, that there is a public—I mean, I know that scares people and makes them think there's going to be a civil war, but I think it's also a necessary precondition for people to rearrange their understanding of politics— like for people who think that it's all voting and it's all elections being disenchanted from that and for people who who also think it's all voting and all elections and that voting in elections are stupid, no, it's actually something that you can contribute to and can make change in your life. Inshallah, of course, we hope. But like, take for example, the prospect of Joe Biden presiding over this coming, continuing Uh, covid crisis and concomitant economic collapse like we're really going to see depression level economic activity in the next quarter or so and they're going to come into office going to leave the filibuster going to do nothing about the supreme court are going to uh get onto the process of passing you know excruciating compromise bullshit in the obama care mold piece by piece just like like passing kidney stones uh, until uh, the failure to do anything about the underlying economic crisis and and probably not doing much about COVID, honestly, because, come on, what's on the table at this point? The genie is completely out of the fucking bottle. Nobody knows how to put it back together. That you get another uh, repeat of 2010 and there's a Republican reaction that means that, well, now there's not even a possibility of operating within the system as such because, even the possibility of uh, passing legislation has been removed. We'll see, though, because that seems so bad and it seems like it's so likely to happen that you wonder if maybe self-preservation will kick in for some of these Democratic leaders. Maybe they will, p- at le- maybe just ambition, maybe just the fact that they want to stay elected, maybe that'll do it. But that requires people to be pissed. And that requires people to be pressuring these motherfuckers. And that requires people to be uh, not at brunch, as they say. And for everybody pissed at liberals who talk about brunch, it's good. They should be at brunch. They're fucking hindering everything. They are a huge impediment. The, but the people who, who are going to be really pissed and still pissed and not mollified by Biden's presidency uh, are the ones you want out there in the first place. But how are we not going to become further and further estranged from any expectation of redress from government when our decrepitude and our disaster and our catastrophe are presided over by a guy who is going to preside like Lloyd Benson in Hot Shots Part 2? Chris, can we get the video that was of today? Aye,
0: aye, Captain. Jamie, can you pull
1: this up? I'm getting to rogue it out right now. Jamie,
0: Uh, Jamie, can you pull this up? Uh, Here we go. This is uh, Biden... Being uh asked a question and look at this fellas. we got we got Kush with a earphone so we can both listen to the clip at the same time. Here's uh Biden being asked to answer a question today <laughs> oh shit, no wait.
1: <laughs> uh, I fucked up. I fucked up. Here we go. Back, get back to back to one. one. of the
0: things that, that that is important. Is that um, well, keep,
1: keep in mind. Keep in mind. They're going to vote on. They're going to vote on. Uh. uh Barrett. Barrett
0: I think today. Today. Soon. Soon. He's still going in the background Okay so he says He says, here's we'll the deal one The one thing you have to remember that is that down. it's
1: important well, keep, keep in mind, keep in mind we'll important on, That they're going to vote on Barrett today uh, So it's important to keep in mind Because he says it again right
0: You got to remember
1: It's really important He goes you got to remember it's really important to remember that she's getting uh, confirmed, and it's important to remember that. Just a circle, a donut <laughs> hole. There's no content to that. It's just fillers, and they're confirming her today. That guy's going to be president. And I know they're going to try to hide him as much as possible, but that's going to be hard. You know what I mean? He's going to have to give big speeches. He's going to have to give an inaugural address in January in D.C., you know William Henry Harrison it <laughs> and how is the, how, i mean he's like obama's just his charisma and his persona and what he met culturally and 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 racially and socially just blinded everyone to what was happening but we're going to have just the skeleton like cuz uh, barack obama is like barack obama is the terminator and it, when his exoskeleton gets shredded away it's joe biden like, that's the, the exoskeleton of the politician, you know, that Obama is, after, under the flesh, that's surrounded with human tissue. That, that metal carapace is Biden. So all of that mystification is going to be gone, which is good. Not necessarily helpful, but I think better than the alternative. So, you know, another thing we can look forward to. At least it'll be funny. Even if nothing else, holy shit, it's going to be funny. Can you imagine? I'm really glad that now I get to c- call things up like Rogan. Rogan, can you, hey, dude, could you bring this up? Jamie? Uh, oh, yes. Like a. Baby Cyclo on a diet of straight cabango. First, anyone get that reference?
0: Oh, dang. I realize I forgot to set up with your monitor for the chat today, Matt. You want me to hook you up with that real quick? What? I forgot to set you up with your monitor for the yeah, chat Yeah, you
1: didn't. Today. It's all right. You're, you're if fine? If you can see anything.
0: And pull it up real quick.
1: Did you? Uh, did anyone get the right answer there?
0: Uh, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I was monitoring the chat. Oh, was that a talk about Borat? That's all I'm seeing.
1: Very nice. Uh, uh, the answer to that is battlefield earth. That's that. What's the little quote from, I saw Borat too. And I think Borat too is a perfect example. Exhibit a, in any case you wanted to make that Donald Trump killed American comedy. I'm not saying that Borat is bad or terrible. There's some good stuff in it. Uh, but you know, it's not as funny not just because there's less novelty, although that is part of it. It was not going to be as good. It would have had to have been a miracle for it to be as good as Borat because it just wasn't as fresh, you know? Uh, and, I mean, how the hell do you even find people who don't know who Borat is in America at this point? But, so there's good stuff in it. He was good in it. The, the daughter was very good. Uh, but all the stuff about Trump and politics just felt so stale and... uh. And air it it's like making fun of Russia shit and then like how Trump's a horny Cheeto and then going and seeing the awful supporters the Q people and the conservatives and tricking them into being racist it's like I'm sorry but in the intervening 14 years since the first Borat those people who he made fun of got self aware Trump showed up he told them that it's okay to have fun with this stuff they're they're winking they they wouldn't they it doesn't matter if they even don't know they're being filmed in their head they're owning the libs so what are you even proving they're in on it man they are laughing with you uh and then the fact that it ends with literally saying vote are you fucking kidding me vote hey america is a wasteland of uh savage bigots and vapid narcissists uh and people who are willing to just dehumanize each other, at the, and 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 foreigners at the drop of a hat in pursuit of uh, of mere lucre and and uh, some fantasy of racial purity. Vote Biden. What the heck? It uh, it just feels a little. It it felt a little felt a little lib to me. In in a very like a like a genuine, uh, like bone deep way, like it was a project of liberal cultural analysis. It is an attempt to make sense of the Trump years through the the lens of like a a liberal of a cultural liberalism. So, but parts of it were very nice. I gotta say I was uh I kind of felt like Giuliani might have been set up a little bit when I saw it in the movie I thought maybe he was tucking something in but like I but it's still an absurd amount of intimacy for someone he just met uh it's clearly someone who is used to being led into a room by beautiful women and then Just sort of taken care of, be it, you know, flight attendants or hostesses or, you know, paid uh, escorting partners. Cousins. The guy married his cousin, folks. They were first cousins. Amazing. Uh, I want to say one other thing about, about Biden, uh, and Trump. I realized after I saw this amazing picture from a rally, it was a woman in a, a hat shirt that said, my son died of Corona and I am still voting Trump, which reminded me of course of, uh, Charles Taylor's slogan when he ran for president of Liberia after being a warlord during the civil war, he killed my ma. he killed my pa, but I will vote for him. Uh, and the funny thing about that is not just like, yeah, he can kill my kids, fuck that. It's that it, un- it, it, uh, it admits that a central premise of Trump's defense of himself over COVID is not true. He has said that he did as well as he could and that none of the corona deaths are his fault because it was China and Democrats that made it bad and that he made it as good as possible. That shirt essentially says, no, Trump is responsible for all the corona deaths he he chose to slay my sons but that is his prerogative because he is my abrahamic god like christians at this point they worship america which means they worship an avatar of america which is both themselves and some external uh, alienated version of that which has become for many many people trump he is their god but he is not a christian god in the sense that he is not ecumenical he's not universal he is tribal because they see themselves as under threat. That's a fundamental thing that defines them as a sense of persecution, which is what will give them license within themselves to persecute in turn. All the violence that they will sign off on, culture, uh, it, but police and military, borders and everything, is premised on the idea that they are in fact under threat and persecution and that anything that they do uh, in protection of themselves is, is uh, vindicated and warranted. Uh, it's, it's a pure projection of what they want to do onto others. Like when Clay Higgins, to defend a regime of concentration camps on the border, went to Auschwitz and talked about the Jews being rounded up. And so that was going to happen to suburban Louisiana white people that he represented. By MS-13, going to show up with cattle cars outside of a fucking uh, Lake Parncher train. That's what you have to think in order to justify doing the concentration camp shit. Like they have to uh, feel persecuted, Uh, and that's why they love Trump so much because Trump, you know, is nothing but this ball of persecution. He's constantly being, oh my God, everyone is against him, which means anything he does is is justified. Um, and so, so Trump is their avatar of America. He is their avatar of persecution and suffering. He is their Christ, but he is here with a sword. He is here to to destroy the unbelievers and the infidels and the faithless. Uh, and 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 that is all the people who are outside of the communion of MAGA, outside of the tribe of MAGA. Now, that's the appeal of Trump to the people who really like it. I think the reason he's going to lose, at the end of the day, like, I'm ready to say it. I'm ready to say, fuck all, everyone worrying about everything, and, yeah, we'll talk about the Supreme Court decision about fucking Kavanaugh, holy shit. Uh, but... I'd say right now it's going to be too big to steal. And the reason is because that pitch of Trump as being the Abrahamic god of of thunder and apocalypse, no more water, the fire next time, cleanser of the earth, get on the ark or drown. Uh, There are enough people outside of that who still might vote for Trump and maybe did last time. Who are going to see that and contrast it with Biden's pitch? well, Biden is pitching himself as the New Testament God of Jesus, incarnated here to to embrace all in forgiveness and suffer on their behalf because Trump because he's always talking about how Democrats Republicans are good people too, they're good Americans too uh, uh, every All Americans need to come together like just like Obama did. Yeah, and he was similarly Christ-like, and, 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 and uh, Biden's personal sacrifices and tragedies in his life, and his obvious pain that he's in now, those are all are signs of the suffering that he's enduring on behalf of bringing a wounded nation together to one communion of, of common humanity, who are all saved, essentially, by enduring the suffering of COVID and austerity together. And even though by the end of that, by his term, I think everyone's going to realize that he was a false messiah. I think right now there are more Americans who are going to be pe- turned on by that pitch than by the idea that it is, uh, in fact, time for the the flood to come and wash away the unbelievers. Because I think a lot of them might feel like they're unbelievers at heart, too, like those crucial swing voters that we talk about uh, and and suburban uh, Republicans who are maybe college-educated and who find the cultural demands of being a Republican to be gauche and who don't want to find themselves on the outside of the tent when it's time to start raining fire from the sky. And I think that as a New Testament nation, we will, we will embrace uh, uh, Jesus Biden as our Savior for a minute, until it's until the the threat of uh, the final judgment of uh, our Abrahamic God Trump is gone. Beep, boop, bop, boop. I'm looking at the chat here. What's going on? Uh, apparently, you can vote at the Barclay Center. Did you see that? You hear about that, Chris? I walked by the Barclay Center today. People were waiting to vote. Did you know that?
0: Uh, I assume it, it has to be your precinct to vote there.
1: No, no, I don't think so. I think the early voting locations are concentrated. And, the, like, they just, there's a, I think you get a directory and they send you, or something i don't know but it's all in one big place uh, i think they're also doing it in manhattan in, like uh, madison square garden anyway I, uh, I think i might go vote there because i haven't been to the barclays center inside i'll maybe want to see what it looks like
0: oh it's nice inside
1: yeah i haven't gone to anything yet uh and you know why not and waiting in line is fun not if it's too long though fuck that uh but if it's not too long i'll probably do it and i'll probably as i've said uh, write in Hillary because I still think that's the funniest write in option.
0: I was, but that could change. Um, I was just trying to find that clip of Trump at one of his recent rallies being like, No one likes me anymore. Why am I even here? What oh,
1: God, that's doing? so good. I wish I want to get in that truck. I want to drive away. I want to drive away. I want to go away. Oh, I was so happy i was so happy in my own life and now i'm here why did i do it why why did i, I never ask to be born uh it's hilarious he's emo af right now uh he's in his feelings as they say and it's pretty funny uh although when he said i used to have a great life i was so happy he's lying that's why he ran for president he was miserable Everything he has ever done has been ashes in his mouth as soon as it has been there, as soon as it touched his tongue. He is a miserable anhedonic toad who has gone from one uh, uh, just destructive, hateful, isolating uh, attempt at uh, like conquest and power and sadistic pleasure and had every one of them immediately just become used to and commonplace and i mean he's, he's, the man has been strapped to the hedonic treadmill his entire life he is uh miserable and he ran for president not just to spite barack obama because it was a different thing and he didn't even think he was going to win and then when that became a possibility hey maybe i'm, I'm going to be president i'm going to be on the news all the t- i'm going to be the only thing on tv because that's all the only way i can like soothe myself for even a second like the way that the fucking return of the living dead zombies have to eat brains to keep away the death The pain of their rotting. He has to continue to see himself on television. And he's like, great, I'll be on TV all the time. But what's this? Oh, no. There are parts of the media that don't like me and say bad things about me. And I have to watch that, too. And that immediately destroyed it. And it has been misery ever since. The first bad review. The first first thing. The thing about the goddamn size of the fucking uh, inaugural. That doomed him he he was never going to have a second of fun as president after that, and he hasn't, except of course, for when he put the uh the medal on the dog when he was in the big uh truck, and of course the handsome quarterback hamburger party, but those were it, and that's why that's why he is coming to terms with losing because he's talking himself into how at least it'll be something different, which means it might be better. And then, of course, he'll be ex-president, and it won't be better. It'll be terrible. Many, many french fries.
0: I was thinking he kind of looks happy when he's doing the, the trick-or-treat appearances. I think yeah. He oh, God. When he, when he the put costumes. the fucking
1: candy on the head of the blow-up minion for some reason, like, what did he think that? I still don't know what it was in his head. I think
0: he was trying to be funny or something. Like, I hey, get, get
1: this. I'm going to put this on your head. I'm going to put it over here. All
0: right. I found this clip. Let's play it real quick. Yeah,
1: let's do it. By the way, nice trucks. You think I could hop into one of them and drive it away? I'd love to uh, just drive the hell out of here. Drive the hell out of here. Uh, just get the hell out of this. I had such a good life. My life was great. My life was and great. And then I said, let's do this, darling. This will be a lot of fun. This will be a but lot you of know what? fun. I'm so happy with it because nobody has ever done so much in the first three and a half years. No administration.
0: Trump, Trump rallies have kind of the pattern of watching stand up in a foreign language yeah where it's like no matter what he says the audience responds when the laugh line is so he's like he's up there being like i hate being here i hate being here i want to drive away and the audience like when he gets to the end of this phrase just claps and laughs
1: like train seals i mean he insulted the city of erie pennsylvania the other day to their face he says the thing that would have actually killed the campaign in that state, anyway, the thing they would have talked about years later is a legendary gaffe. Ah, oh, the eerie kerfuffle. <laughs> he goes, he goes. I'll tell you right now, if it hadn't been for COVID, I wouldn't be here. I'll tell you that right now. I sure wouldn't be here. That's for sure. Like you guys are beneath me. But of course, as I have said, the Trump fan is a worshiper of hierarchy because they believe themselves to be elevated. But in any, any hierarchy, has to have someone above you realistically and so like some avatar as i've said and that guy who combines christ and like uh, george washington into one figure is uh donald john trump and then like his that's why they see him as so authentic even though he lies all the time because he is saying what they are they say he, he's what what does he do for presidency he doesn't actually do anything even though he's responsible for everything because he's the abrahamic god he has no direct control over anything He's watching us. It's like the way God watched, uh, watched the people of Israel like lose their way and get pissed you know, and decide to smite some shit. That, that was it, just watching and getting madder and madder at our failure to live up to him by, uh, that he's watching on TV, which is what they're doing, watching television, which means that there's no way they'll ever not like him no matter what happens in the world because they don't attribute that to him. They attribute it to us failing to live up to him.
0: I was just thinking about uh, Ed Muskie and how his presidential mm-hmm. campaign was basically The Canuck
1: because- letter. Thank you. Uh, the That's, a letter. That's a great pick That's a great reference. I was thinking of Ed Muskie. The fucking Canuck letter. When he ran in 1972, one of dirt- Nixon's Dirty Tricks teams, the, guys that, the ones that included dudes like Roger Stone, sent a, f- a fake letter to, I think, a newspaper claiming that they had overheard Muskie refer to French Canadians as Canucks. And there are a lot of French-Canadian abstracted families in Maine, so uh, it's like a sizable minority. In fact, uh, in the 20s, when the Klan was all over the United States, there was Klan in Maine, but there were basically no black people or other minorities, so they went after (laughs) French-Canadians. uh
0: <laughs> the french canadian the most uh, oppressed person of north america yeah
1: so and it became a huge scandal and he had to go deny having said it but people were mad at him and it ended up helping contribute to his campaign uh being torpedoed because and
0: the other thing was that they released some oppo about his wife yes and he yes Cried. yes that was, the, that was the that was the real that end was of it. that was it right
1: yep he had the canuck letter and then there was the accusation about his wife uh being drunk i think or something like that she was alcoholic or that she had cursed or something. I don't know. And he went and he gave a speech. And he famously... Some people say it was just snow hitting his cheek. But people said he cried. And that was the end of him. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, Ed Muskie.
0: You're a loser. Had a tear hit his eye defending his wife's honor out of the campaign. Trump goes to Erie and says, you're all, you all suck. Trash you're, city. You're pigs. you disgusting pigs. Why am I here?
1: <laughs>
0: and and, he, and yet it goes. And so yeah. it goes.
1: Paul LePage is a native French speaker? That's hilarious. <laughs> that's perfect. That he's that much of a frickin' Canuck. He's that much of a frog. That he's one of those, like, deep, deep woods Acadians coming out to be like, Hey, I'm gonna be Gobna. <laughs> I, know that's, I know that's Louisiana. but
0: uh, s- Same origin.
1: I'm gonna be Gobna, eh? Ah, que I know the Canuck isn't for uh, French Canadians, but that's what he called the Kai. That or in the he was accused of calling him.
0: Matt, can I read you some highlights of a Jacob Wall update?
1: Yes, let's get some tea spilled.
0: So this is a, I, I, you know, I was thinking of putting this for the show yet that we were thinking about doing yesterday before we moved on to doing Bellwick Garage. Belly right Garage Right after this. Right this we're we'll recording, we're laying that down so that we right. Garage uh, but this is something somebody passed to me of Jacob Wall and Jack Burtman, their, their first hearing in their federal trial about robocall, their robocall scheme. Um,
1: Which it was basically like a voter suppression version of Homer Simpson and the happy dude. Yes. Auto uh, dialer. <laughs> uh, so they're just like three, mail your vote to 631 Evergreen Terrace. Uh, seven thirty so there's three things from this
0: that I found really funny. Blundering white right-wing activists Jack Bergman and Jacob Bull appear before the U.S. District Court in the Southern District of New York Monday morning over a newly filed lawsuit on behalf of the National Coalition on Black Civic Participation. Here's the thing that made me really laugh: the suit alleges the two violated the Ku Klux Klan Act by sending out over eighty-five thousand robocalls to discourage Black communities from voting. Fellas, you do not want to get accused of
1: violating. No, the Ku that's Ku Klux you Klan don't Act. want that odd stapled on your resume. Oh, it says here a clan act violator huh yeah well we 'll keep you in mind, Mr. Wall
0: uh, The other funny thing is that uh, they ended up representing themselves,
1: notably Friday afternoon Wall always was, a smart thing to do uh, this, Texas, the old saying is the man who represents himself has a genius for a client, <laughs> uh, notably on Friday afternoon,
0: Wall texted the Daily dot and informed this reporter uh, he would be represented by a new york city based lawyer, that lawyer, David Schwartz. Did not respond to multiple requests for comment from the Daily Dot in court that morning, which the Daily Dot was present for. The duo further claimed that Schwartz would represent them, but at the hearing, no counsel was present.
1: Okay, so i got to say something now. I have talked about how much I respect Jacob Wall as an artist and how in awe I am of his commitment to the bit, whatever it is. But I've always said that there is one uh, possibility in the Jacob Wall, you know, mysterium, one thing that might explain him. And it is that he is just insanely stupid. That he is just deeply dumb. And I've always discounted that just because of how perfectly he seems to hit these notes. It just seems like a hundred thousand monkey tip situation. Like, yes, you know, one of the monkeys might write Shakespeare, but what's the odd that the monkey I'm looking at is the one who wrote it, you know? <laughs> uh, and so I just always said, that doesn't seem, I know Occam's razor, but it just seems too pretty, too neat. But the fact that he did this shit that is. It looks like going to land him in perhaps federal prison. Uh, that's not, I don't think anyone's that committed to a pit. I think he might actually just be a complete moron. Even though, God, like why would he not get mad at me when I'm screaming in his face with laughter, tears are running down my eyes, and then I see him at the Cadillac Ranch two hours later and tell him how much fun I had, and he's just like fucking the Terminator, just like, am glad you enjoyed it.
0: His eyes, dead eyes, like a doll's eyes.
1: Maybe he just is that dumb. Amazing.
0: Uh, The judge asked whether Berkman had in his possession a list of all who were contacted by the robocall, to which Berkman stated, I do not, not, comma, in my possession. Berkman then admitted to giving the third-party California company, which sent out the robocalls a green light. Here's the other funny thing. Berkman's associate, Jacob Wall, then chimed in, claiming that the robocall contents were conducted with publicly available registration information and that the robocalls were never, never stated to quote stay home so they never stayed to stay home navarro the prosecutor completed the hearing by dave shutting- navarro yeah dave navarro the prosecutor <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, instructed everyone to live moss completed the hearing by shutting down's wool, wool objection she read the transcript back to the court where the last line of the call is quote don't beat don't be finessed into giving your private information to the man comma stay home
1: wow Ber- the, see, the other thing is that means Berkman's as dumb as Wall, and now, what are the odds there are two guys that dumb who are, like, able to function and, you know, clothe themselves? Of of, of vastly
0: different – of, like,
1: different generations? Like, know. how did these two even find each other? Yeah, Berkman's, like, 55 or something, and uh, Jacob Wall is, th- what, still 20?
0: Yeah, they remind me of like the, the little gangster mice in Looney Tunes where one was like small and and one was like big and dumb.
1: That was very good. Yeah. I wonder if this is going to impact his OnlyFans output.
0: <laughs> well, jail is a great place to get even swoller.
1: i <laughs> Uh, I do not believe
0: Navarro played on Under the Bridge, Matt. I'm sorry. Damn it. He was only briefly in the Chelly
1: Peppers, right?
0: Yeah, only after they had to let Frusciani grow for the first time. They brought in Navarro for an album or two.
1: Was that due to heroin? Yes. Ah.
0: Was George Washington Chad? Yes, George Washington was a Chad.
1: George Washington was insanely Chad. He was huge for the time. He was, over, he was six feet tall. Six feet tall, which meant a lot back then. Uh, He was always described as a physical specimen, strapping, powerfully built- Uh, uh, physically intimidating Uh, he athletic very much so a rider and sportsman accomplished a military man of course Uh, but he was always in kind of ill health he was like Jack Kennedy in that way Jack Kennedy was always the picture of virility and you know mid-century manhood but the dude was just racked with fucking injuries he had the back injury uh, he had the fucking what was it uh, the Graves disease or the Addison's disease uh, and his uh, uh, and just was whacked out on uh, painkillers all the time Oh he yeah, but anyway, uh he had terrible teeth that's true uh very bad teeth very and he was kind of miserable asard well. but he is the he's the most he was the quiet founding father, he was not an intellectual unlike all the rest of them. he was the stem guy uh Washington was the stem lord because he was all about practical application, he was all about buying land and making it cultiva- cultivatable and all that shit, uh and then doing military stuff. He, it was all about applying knowledge. So he was like the STEM Lord. Everybody else is a fucking a humanities nerd. He was a STEM Lord. Uh, and uh, incredibly repressed. Just like throbbing with suppressed emotion. Because he had this like weird he was he was a guy who had come from like the middle the whatever like kind of rest, vestige of British English aristocracy was left in America. He kind of came from like the middle gentry part of it. And he was very acutely aware of like not being fully uh, being sort of semi rusticated compared to like the higher uh, levels of uh, even American, but certainly especially English society. And he chafed under the under uh, the belief that, you know, that the colonials were seen as lesser in some ways than uh, in terms of refinement and, and, you know, breeding than English people than English people. And it made him kind of miserable this is how it's just like a throbbing but i think from outside he was uh he was viewed as a chad he was also sterile or he might have been sterile he's never had a child no kids but i would say that he was definitely the chattest of the founders (laughs) six foot twenty fucking killing for fun
0: made of radiation uh, I was just chuckling at somebody who just commented, and simply, his cock fell off.
1: Yeah, his cock fell off, and he uh, he got bled to death by his quack doctors. Not the last president to be killed by incompetent medical intervention, amazingly enough.
0: Uh, I saw another one that asks, uh, I think less interestingly, who is the most soy president, but another one that I think is more interesting... Who's the most lunch pail guy, nine to five, no flash president? Eisenhower.
1: Eisenhower? Yeah. Yeah, Eisenhower, he, uh, he did the work, but he did not make a show of it. He did not make it about him. He was a real caretaker. Uh. He was really the last president, I'd say, who, like, transcended partisanship. You know, he was the last president because there's a real problem in the American system that we have the head of government and head of state being the same guy. That's bad. It confuses our politics because we have this understanding of our presidents as exemplars of the nation as a whole and then also as representatives of a faction of political of a political faction within that country. And that those – there's a confu- – a gets to become psychic confusion, and we end up fighting over, like, the, the symbolic role of the president. Like, right now, I would say that Trump and Biden are almost the – enti- the argument is almost entirely at the level of, like, what, what is America? What is the head of state? As opposed to what government is going to do in the face of, I don't know, catastrophic climate collapse, a fucking rampaging pandemic, and a steadily worsening economic uh, uh, f- uh, failure – how about that nope we're talking about like this like people want to talk about how who to vote for if you want to get rid of wokeness like like there's a fucking bill someone's going to pass to end wokeness or make wokeness more like any of this stuff is, is this all happening organically within this culture as a response to accelerating material collapse and and the the the, the, the shredding of like the political fabric of, of meaning and, and like anybody uh investing in this shit and we have these clashing notions of the presidency. And Eisenhower was the last one where that kind of made sense because he was not really seen as embodying like a Republican agenda because at that point the Republicans had been so thoroughly cowed by the dominance of the New Deal that they were almost as self-consciously they were, in the, they were in the position of the Democrats are now. The Republicans of the 50s were like the Democrats now basically uh not i mean not as bad because uh uh they had more money like they they still were you know institutionally powerful and they had a lot of uh they were able to hold on to like huge chunks of the midwest and the northeast uh but they were having to sort of tack towards the center of this like uh this center left country around the pole of the new deal and the new deal state and Eisenhower, instead of challenging that, just sort of implemented it, like, well, from, well, from a common sense perspective, that like, by virtue of the fact that he was presenting it, it turned these, you know, New Deal concepts into concrete, and turned it into a consensus, and and he was the last, I think, president to really do that, uh, and I think one of the big reasons for that is because uh, the real fissures that are going to come up during the period of economic growth when you know we stopped politics was still uh, you know uh we still had political control over the economy but it was smoothing in such a you know we were getting such return on investment during that period that we ended up talking about pol- culture stuff you know not as a distract not as a distraction from pressing economic concerns but from an emanation of like a growing prosperity it really was happening like the economy was distributing gains evenly across the society which prioritized for younger people social issues uh, and prioritized for uh you know minorities like uh, a commitment a access to this new prosperity and raised within white people for example uh, uh willingness to change socially because they were being uh, the, the social order was benefiting them and then this so but but then you had the people for whom that didn't apply and the crisis that emerged around things like uh civil rights, uh, and then Vietnam War um break that. And I don't think we've had a president who really captured that sense. Reagan came kinda close after eighty four, uh, just but that's just speaking to the hegemony of you know dominant republicanism. Uh but yeah, I'd say I but Eisenhower did all that without uh without foregrounding himself during the whole during the whole uh course of his presidency. The Fordist consensus, that's it. And so who better to represent that period than the the time when you'd go to work in the factory and then come home to your split level than the guy who went out to the golf course every day and signed off on Alan Dulles overthrowing another government and (laughs) uh, and them doing MKUltra and shit, and uh, then told America, hey, you know how we just built this giant military-industrial complex? You might want to keep an eye on that. Bye. Peace.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's a whoops. Uh, I suspect I know the answer to this question, but I saw somebody post it earlier, and I I guess I was wondering about it, Uh, at least what your answer would be. Um, which is, lol, nothing matters. But uh, what do you think of uh, the rumors that Bernie is trying to get in at labor in the Biden administration?
1: I mean, as I have said, we know there was a war in the Democratic Party, and we know the winner. The, the, The conditions of their victory have not changed, which means the leverage of the left versus them has not changed, which means any concession to the left in the form of giving Bernie Sanders a cabinet position would be on the terms of the party which means it would already be determined how much influence Sanders would actually have, how much ability to influence policy he would have, and it would be judged acceptable. Like, that's has to be assumed. Now, you might argue, even in that case, that maybe he serves enough purpose to do it. Or you could argue that his acceptance his part being part of that administration will do more to camouflage it from criticism than push it in another direction i would argue that that is the case because i see no reason to believe that the biden administration is not going to push austerity uh is not going to be a nightmare for working people in this country and that people coming to terms with that as quickly as possible is going to be the key to organizing resistance to it uh bernie doing fake work in the cabinet is uh, only going to make it harder to get people to that point. I'm not saying they even will get there, but he'll make it harder. Because I don't know why any, where anyone is getting anything about Biden's presidency being anything other than a, a intensification of Obama's.
0: Uh, one of the things that I've been finding concerning about the way that I've been seeing some of the returns in this election going and seeing some of the uh, Democratic establishment talk about it. You were posting about this in a chat the other day, Matt, uh, a breakdown of voting groups by uh, income and in that Trump still maintains a highest support among the richest members of the poorest areas.
1: Yes. Right. Right. The but local at, barons.
0: But at the other hand. The,
1: yes. The beautiful voters, ah, The beautiful voters.
0: But on the other hand. The Democrats increasingly have the support of the richest people of the richest areas. Oh,
1: yeah. The richest zip codes in America, I think, are all now represented by Democrats. The, I did or see the, that. The, ten, the ten, congressional the districts. The ten
0: top wealthiest zip
1: codes in America
0: or yep. congressional districts are all represented by Democrats. The and if, thing- that's
1: your do- if that's your if – that's, if, that's, if that is where your votes are now, I don't know how the hell you interrupt there progression how you turn them into anything other than another uh, and a party of neoliberalism
0: and the other thing i was i was listening i um you know i was i was watching looking at some um breakdown of the early votes and basically seeing some some democrat democratic people talking about the white working class as always throughout this entire time has solidified as a problem to be overcome not something to be wor- reached out to and even more troublingly a small but significant shift of black and latino working class voters to republican Uh, Even under Trump, as being something to be overcome, not fought for, and it's hard for me not to imagine that one of the outcomes of this uh, election is just not a further entrenchment of that the liberal party in this country is something that explicitly exists to act against the interests of the poor for the interests of the well off.
1: Yeah, uh, the people have talked about a uh, realignment, party realignment, and you know people have talked about that in, in terms of a some sort of socially conservative or socially liberal. Or socially conservative, fiscally liberal, like ethno-nationalist party that would, uh, you know, take Trumpism to the next level. Things like the people have talked about Tucker Carlson representing that, maybe. Uh, And I've talked about how I think that that's not going to happen because there's no money in the till. There's nowhere for them to actually, from a position of being the Republican Party and being controlled by capital, to offer anything realistically to make any play at at persistent you know concession for ballot. okay you win once now what you know uh i think more likely is that you have a dealignment along race which is what we might be seeing now in which case you have changed you have pulled apart the two parties and now the divide line dividing line is no longer politi- uh, uh uh economic at all it's off the, it, there are no real economic issues in the political sphere it's purely cultural and the two parties become the socially conservative the Republican Party and the socially liberal Democratic Party. I mean, and that means that the race, the, the, the uh, minorities who disproportionately vote Democratic because they ignore the social issues where they disagree with the Democrats on in order to vote for uh, uh, economic issues that they think they're getting have now decided, well, what I'm really— I might as well get the make they're going to make the same decision that a generation ago the Reagan Democrat white people did which is if I'm not going to get any bread and butter I might as well get some blood and thunder and they're going to do the same calculation and all of a sudden you're getting pulled away like huge chunks of uh, uh, working class black support to Republicans because they're the party against abortion and against homosexuality which they are as well and same thing in the Latino and other minority communities where there are is social conservatism, but it hasn't been salient to them because they thought there is something else that's salient. Now, race is the problem. There, you would have to have some sort of deracialization of like the white chunk, uh, and that's a big question. But uh, I feel like the, po- the if there is any movement we're seeing in polls now, it's in that direction, not anything else. Oh, man, we've gone an hour already.
0: Yeah, we're uh, we're, we're going to have to sign off here.
1: Yeah, we got to record our Bentley Garage. We're going to go in, in the Bentley Garage. We're going to talk about what's going on uh, in the states and the government. Do you have the your voice. final picks locked got in? To, yeah. I mean, I haven't thought about it. I'm going to go for the hip, but anything I say, I will believe, because I feel like I've internalized all the data, and I feel like anything I say extemporaneously will have my full – uh, soul behind it with no uh no second guessing from the cheap sh- seats
0: well let's sign off and do that folks in the chat look forward to a bellway garage on your pod players And i would guess let's see it's 5 p.m now uh six and a half hours let's yeah see I, let's oh. see if i can make that turnaround go it depends how much time i want to spend making matt's song sound good garage. all right uh say bye-bye matt